0: He's, He's just, just saying I'm going to we'll go high Better than I'm going to be
1: that low So, <laughs> man, and, you and it sounds great when you're singing Melody uh, Or harmony, uh, excuse me And so like like a car dealer now? Like buying and trading, flipping and flopping? Is that little white, is that, that white one? Not oh, little one, not the white one. What's that? Just to get, just to get just that. Just to get that white truck. Get that white
0: truck. It's sweet. What's that? First or second? Okay. okay. Oh, can't or won't? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Tell Thank <laughs> you.
1: I must think we did it well in G, or
0: properly in G.
1: Paul, you're doing great up there.
0: That, that, it seemed like a dot, dot, dot.
1: No, you're doing great. No, uh, Oh,
0: it's definitive. It was definitive.
1: Sorry. We are, but we're going to go back and hit Lord, I need you again. We,
0: yeah, no, it's, it's
1: great. I know. I, I, I didn't know. No. Well, I think it was, it was, I was going to say, we are going to go back to the last song again. <laughs> but I just didn't get there and forgot it. Sorry,
0: Paul, we, we went in out,
1: we were just practicing key there. It was good. We probably could have done that without the words. We sang that song a billion times.
0: Probably close to a thousand, not a billion times. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in Christ It's just playing through the, through the course. I was
1: like, That's the intro. And I think we're going to have to do something
0: Yes. Just playing play through the course. Playing through the course. Here you go. Here you go. We got the we got the words for you all lined All
1: right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I need to, I need to practice this breakthrough. Oopsie. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is uh, this is the night for the chili cookoff. Here is the first place trophy. Uh, this was taken home by Gage Ham last year, and uh, well, we have it here for the next first place chili. Uh, we have a second place chili right here, which I believe was Darren Phillips last year. Um, second place chili. And we have, uh, yeah, I've been chased with one of these, we have um, the best pie or dessert, Uh, we have the award for that, which I think also was taken home by the Phillips family last year. So I know that this is the one trophy in your life you've been waiting on, the one thing that's going to put it all together, you know. so you can join us tonight. Have fun with that. Um, and hey, we usually have a lot of chili. And um, not everybody makes chili, and that's okay. You can come by and enjoy the time. Watch a little football. By the way, I was given a Gatorade today in honor of the football game tonight. Apparently, if I have a great point, I'm supposed to dump this all over me. That's <laughs> that's the uh, that's the rule. So. Uh, Interestingly, I know it's going to stay closed this whole time. So what does that say? I, I don't know. Um, bear in mind also, we, we still have Russia on Wednesday nights. And we had a uh, Bible study last Wednesday. Uh, had quite a few people there. Uh, we're moving that from m- my office into Cody's uh, because we have more room in there for next Wednesday night. So make sure you're there for that. Uh, there's an ongoing debate In our home Well, we've been married for Ten years, ten and a half years And so the debate's been going on for about ten and a half years Uh And I, I get called out on this fairly often Which is not Either not completing A project Or taking Forever to get a project done Um I've been accused of that in my home, but I have the microphone now, right? Here's something that if you've ever been accused of this, here's something that maybe you've thought to yourself. The project would go faster, or the project would be done, or it would be done properly if I had two things that I lack, time and tools, right? Time and tools. You know, it takes a while to have the time to get a project done. It takes a while to build something. It takes a while to, to lay out the plan and then see the plan come to fruition, You got other things in life that are happening. And not only that, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten elbow deep into something and didn't have the tool I needed for the next step. Sometimes it's a tool, sometimes it's a you know piece of machinery, whatever it is. And and it takes a while, and sometimes you're one and you gotta line all this stuff up. Yeah, I want to rent a piece of machinery, that's fine. But does my time then uh, line up with the day I want to rent that and if it doesn't, well then I've got to plan ahead two or three or four weeks sometimes and then do this and do that and try to put everything together. That's, that's my defense. That's, if you can follow that, that's my defense. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Ashley usually comes back with a great, rebe- great rebuttal. Just get it done. So my defense is out the window. It's the way it goes. If I just had the time and the tools, I could do what I want. If I just had the time and the tools, I could do what I'm asked. If I just had the time and the tools, I could build whatever it is I want to build, do whatever it is I want to do. I could fulfill the purpose. Remember our purpose to make our lives living sacrifices for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for the gift, the opportunity to worship together, to learn together, to celebrate together. We thank you, Father, for Sergeant his decision to follow you, to accept what you have done for him. Father, we ask that you... Again, challenge us as you've been challenging us, certainly as you've been challenging me, through your message today, through this series, and through the things that we can learn in Scripture. We thank you, Father. Help us to be true and accurate to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start there. (laughs) we got a ways to go. Genesis chapter 1. You have been given church all the tools that you need you've been given all the tools that you need now we have been asking the question what is fit am i fit how do i know if i'm fit and we've looked at so far quite a few different definitions of fit to be the right quality for the purpose We've looked at, uh, you know, to be put back into our proper place. You can see some of those. In good health, particularly because of exercise. All of these things are fit. And finally, I want to look at to be the right size and shape for something. Uh, This is just one of the messages. We're going to continue with this for at least another week, perhaps two weeks. But this is our last definition, to be the right size and shape for something. You have been given. If you're asking the question, am I fit to serve Jesus Christ? Am I fit to serve the kingdom? Am I fit to serve the church? Am I fit to serve people around me? You've been given all that you need. question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Genesis 1, I can prove that you've been given all that you need. Starting in verse 26, then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the birds and the livestock and the wild animals all over the creatures of the ground. Verse 27, God created mankind in his own image. And just to drive the point home, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them, that is, caused them to be fortunate. Blessed them, it said, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over every living creature that moves upon the ground. Verse 31, God saw all that he had made, including people, including human beings. He saw all that that he had made, And it was very good. Special emphasis on that good part, very good. Up until now, it's been good. Now the pinnacle of his creation is on the scene and it is very good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Human beings being made in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. Adam and Eve created in the image of God and that hasn't stopped nor will it stop throughout the rest of creation or throughout all of the days and times when people are made. We are made in the image of God. Do we ever stop and truly consider the implications of that? God took what he is and put it into his creation. Oh, to a lesser degree, Don't get me wrong. God is omniscient. You're not. But you can know. God is omnipotent. You're not. But you do have power. God is omnipresent. You're not. But you can be present in his kingdom. You can be present with another person. You can be present in a relationship. And more besides. This is not really, bear in mind, this is not really a physical distinction. We're reminded in John chapter 4 that God is spirit. Therefore, his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Although humans were created perfect without subjection to death, but this is really talking about or in reference to the immaterial part of humanity. All of those wonderful tools and attributes that God has already given you. Already built into you. You ever read through scripture and wonder why? You ever think you're broken? You ever read through scripture and wonder why the Holy Spirit works in such powerful ways in people's lives? And somehow and in some way you look at your own? And you don't experience, at least not in the same way, at least not to the same degree, the very same things that God promises throughout Scripture. You are given the tools, you're given the ability. My question is what do you do with the tools? What am I doing with the tools, with the attributes of Jesus Christ Himself? Wonderful things to be self aware. Not every creation has that. And not every creature has that. And, and forget about being self aware. One of the greatest attributes we are given is to be aware of others. To be aware of others. To kind of look at their life. Look at how they act and react. Read into their life a little bit in their mind and into their heart. To be aware of others. To reason. To choose. To imagine, predict, to speculate, to sacrifice, to know that you know and know that you know it. That's a rare thing in creation. But human beings have it and it's given to us by God himself. Where do you think the ability to love comes from? That comes from God. He is that. He builds it into you. Even while expecting nothing in return to serve. Even a sense of humor is built into you, a tool given to you. I think, I think God's got to have an incredible sense of humor. If every one of these attributes is taken to the extreme in God, he's, he's got to be the funniest thing you ever met. You've got to have a great sense of humor. I'm looking forward to that part. Socially, he built tools inside of us to be a part of fellowship. Whether it's fellowship with two or fellowship with many, Genesis chapter 2, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Interestingly, not good, that's the only time he says that in the creation account. It's not good for a human being to be alone by themselves. And so God created a helper for him. God created someone for fellowship. God is in fellowship All throughout eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He knows how important it is. He knows how important it is in your own life to be a part of something. Morally, some of the tools you've been given, humans were created righteous. They were created innocent. They were created holy. Human beings communed with their creator. They knew him. All of this built into you. All of this given to every person sitting in this room. They were in his presence and he was in theirs. They fellowshiped with God and in that relationship enjoyed joy and peace and contentment. Church, they didn't just want to serve God. Their very lives were service to their creator. It's where we get back to our original purpose that we started this whole series from, to make yourselves living sacrifices for Jesus Christ. What happened? What happened? Look around. Look around, listen, read. It's, It's one big depressing moment. What happened? Every one of these wonderful attributes put into creation. And it's almost unrecognizable at this part, at this place. See, part of that creation in the image of God is this ability that we have to make choices. And sometimes we choose wrong. Sometimes we choose wrong out of ignorance. Sometimes we choose wrong out of rebellion. Sometimes we choose wrong out of pride. Sometimes we choose wrong out of fear. Sometimes we just choose wrong. By the way, don't lay all of this at the feet of Adam and Eve, okay? What many people are ready to do. What happened to this fall of mankind? Well, Adam and Eve messed up. Well, I did too. And I'll bet, I don't know this for sure, But I'll bet one or two of you sitting here has probably sinned once or twice. We make wrong choices. Genesis chapter 6, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. And we're not talking about now. We're talking about thousands of years ago. What we might call very soon after creation. And all people were thinking it was evil all the time. How bad does it get? How bad is it? gets this bad in Mark chapter 10. The creator now is on the scene. Jesus is walking, talking, teaching, preaching, Healing leading people into this new life the creator now in the flesh and someone calls out to him in mark chapter 10 he says good teacher jesus turns around and says why do you call me good no one is good imagine that we are built now with the same tools the same attributes we are made the right size and shape for something that we were with Adam and Eve. And God, the Creator, goes from it is very good to no one is good, including you, including me. No one is good. How far humanity has fallen. How far we have messed up so many of these wonderful tools that we have. Why is it hard to serve the kingdom? Why is it hard to make this decision to serve Jesus Christ every day with our lives? It is not because you're ill-equipped. So if you think you don't know enough, or you think you're not prepared, or you think God hasn't prepared you, or if you think God hasn't built something into you to serve His kingdom, stop using that excuse. It's not because you are ill-equipped. You're equipped to serve Jesus' kingdom. Right now, today. I'm equipped to serve Jesus' kingdom right now, today. No more excuses. You've got everything. You are built the right size, the right shape for Jesus' kingdom. It's not because we can't. It's because all of these tools that we have, the very image of God, we have forgotten how to use them. And you don't think you have, do you? You don't think you've forgotten how to use these tools. Because we get so used to using them incorrectly. We get so used to using generation after generation of using the attributes of God falsely in our lives that we sit here today and we think, I'm doing all right. No, you and me are screwing up the tools that we've been given. We're letting them become dull. We're letting them rust because we don't use them. We're letting them become perverted. Using them in a way they were never meant to be used. We've forgotten so far that somehow, sometimes we don't even use them at all. Great intelligence we've been given. But we use it to build our own kingdom that's going to disappear. And we don't use it to build Christ's. Ingenuity we've been given, but we invent ways of doing evil, of hurting others. We invent ways of killing people, a sense of humor, but it's coarse and it's vulgar, dishonoring not only God but yourself in the process. Think of the wonderful attributes we've been given and how do we use the gifts that God has built into us. Do we use it for his glory or do we use it for our own? And the tragedy of all of this is one of the single greatest verses in the entire Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Sometimes people go their whole lives and they say, "I don't care. I don't care." Now, some of these good works, some of these wonderful ways to serve the kingdom, are specific. And sometimes it's another excuse we use: "Well, I can't do that particular thing, therefore I'm not fit to serve, or I don't want to serve." Some of these are specific, and we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to get into that final question of where do I serve, how do I serve, and what capacity do I serve. But some of these are general. And if you want to know what some of these general things are, just take it upon yourself. Read through Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. Read it yourself. Some of these are general works and wonderful things in which we, we could serve Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Ready for us, prepared for us in advance, clear from the beginning. There are people, church, who look at their lives, and they say my life is hopeless. It's full of sadness, full of anger, full of depression. They look at their lives, and they say my life is worthless. It lacks purpose. It lacks direction. Nothing seems to truly satisfy this this gaping hole that's inside of them. And some of these temptations can lead, you've heard about this, you've read about this, maybe some of you have experienced this, they can lead these people to do very harmful and hurtful things, even to themselves. Because they don't believe what Jesus says about them. Imagine if every human being saw themselves as God's handiwork with a purpose that was planned for you from the very beginning. Imagine if every human being Saw themselves as they actually were Created by God By name to serve an eternal kingdom With incredible blessing Incredible purpose Incredible value That is what you are in this room And you are given the tools You are given the attributes And you're given the time to do it Now sometimes that that time is very short Sometimes it's long, 90 years, 95, 100 years. You're given the time to serve Jesus Christ in his kingdom as well. This is why poor in spirit from last week is so important. This is this, this underlying factor that realizes that we have an incredible value, but only with Jesus Christ. That without Jesus Christ, we have a bunch of these wonderful tools and attributes that are broken, and we want to use them. It's only then that Jesus begins to rebuild, reshape, resharpen these tools and these attributes. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, said Peter. That's poor in spirit. It causes us to allow Jesus to teach us that these tools are built into each one of us. And this is why the disciples trained for three years with Christ. To hone and refine and sharpen these tools of love of peace, of obedience, of sacrifice, of submission. You don't think God submits? I promise you God submits. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Jesus says it himself, submit to one another in love. And then on top of all those attributes that you already have, that are built into you, if you would just refine them, he adds one more. We'll get there in a second. We are building a holy temple. We're building a holy temple in this place. We're building a holy temple in this world, the church. You are building a holy temple in and of yourself and your family. You know, I'm reminded of the building of the tabernacle in the Exodus story. You can read that yourself. That's an, Exodus starts in Exodus 25, goes through Exodus 40. It tells how God wanted a monumental task accomplished in the building of the tabernacle, while, by the way, they were in the wilderness, the wasteland. And God still wanted this tabernacle built. He wasn't going to hear excuses. He didn't care about being in the wrong place or the wrong time. No, he wanted the tabernacle built. And Moses and the people, their response or their job was to say, okay. And what happened? God provided everything that they need. He granted people with ability, with tools to accomplish the task. And not only specific people, which you could read about, but we're told that all of the people contributed. They all provided, they all served, even if they weren't in charge of a specific part of the tabernacle. I'm reminded of building, rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem with Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 3. You could read but read about that. Each family was in charge of building the wall behind their home or their property. God provided everything they needed to get the job done in order to serve. If we have the tools, church, if we already have the attributes we need, how do we get back to proper service? Where do we look? What do we go towards? Because we cannot anymore look to Adam and Eve, right? We can't look at people around us. We can't even look at people in this room because we're all struggling with the same thing. It's what we've been saying the whole time. This is how we look. Let's put it all together. Going back, Genesis 1, 27 and 31. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Emphasis on God created mankind in his own image. He saw all that he had made, and it was very good. For what purpose did he do this? Ephesians chapter 2. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for every single person in this room to do. But through the misuse of our tools, Genesis chapter 6, the Lord saw... How great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Mark chapter 10 verse 18. No one's good except God alone. So where's the turn? How do we get back? How do we go back to this image of God? Where's the restoration? Because right now if we stop right here we have no hope of serving the kingdom of Jesus. We have no hope. Of actually becoming what we were meant to become. How do you get fit back into your proper place? Remember, mankind was created in the image of God, right? Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God. That's what it looks like. You want to know what it looks like? You want to know what it was like when Adam and Eve were created before they chose to ignore, chose to rebel God, rebel against God? The Son is what the human being is supposed to look like. Jesus is what you and I are supposed to look like. That's how we were created, and that's how we can be made again. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We are created with everything we need for service, those good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. While we are the right size and shape, we are so removed. From that original image of the invisible God that he called very good. So now we have to look to the one has, who has the perfect image. He is the master craftsman. You got tools you don't know how to use. I got tools I don't know how to use. Jesus is the master craftsman. He is the one that shows you. He's the one that sharpens them. He is the one that leads you into the right place. Into the right project. He's the one that frankly does not care about the time that you have. Whatever time you've been given is enough time. If you give your life and you follow Jesus, follow him. Don't acknowledge that he existed. What an offense to Jesus. What an outright offense. What a slap in the face. Oh, I agree. That you existed. I agree that, you're the fo- I agree that you're the Savior. What a slap in the face to not follow him. When you follow someone, you go where they go. You do what they do. You act the way they act. You train the way they train. Your life is changed because of it. Your life is not changed because of who you are. Your life is changed because of who you're following. The master craftsman, you watch him work with the very same set of tools that you have. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. Nothing worth doing's ever easy, right? But he's the one that rebuilds us, looking at the image of the invisible God. You can go back a couple of verses in Colossians chapter 1, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If we don't follow Jesus, we have no hope of getting back to the image of God that he called very good. If we don't follow Jesus, we go our whole lives and never get back there. If we don't follow Jesus, we'll go our whole lives with all these wonderful attributes of God hidden and abused and left to rust and rot. We'll go through our lives and look back on Ephesians chapter 2 with regret instead of looking back on Ephesians chapter 2 with thanksgiving and gratitude. If we don't follow church, if we don't follow Jesus, the church and his kingdom will never mean to you what it's actually supposed to mean. Ever. You'll go your whole life and will never grasp what the church actually is supposed to be if we don't follow Jesus. If we don't follow Jesus, the word of God is never going to transform our lives. Ever. You can read through it all day long, but if we don't follow Jesus, it does not transform our lives. We decide to follow Jesus. Not only get, you, do we get to use this incredible image the way it was meant, but we get another, another wonderful tool on top of all of that, the actual creator himself living with us. Gen- Genesis chapter 1, this is the Holy Spirit of God. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 1, the very same Holy Spirit that indwells you, indwells me, and all of those who would believe in Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 1, it doesn't get any before that. Genesis, well... This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. I suppose you can go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 says this Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The very Spirit given to every person who gives their life over to that Creator. There at the very beginning. Do you think He doesn't know? Do you think He doesn't see? Do you think he cannot lead he cannot help do you think he doesn't know what he's talking about do you think you know better well I wrestle with that you ever wrestle with that knowing better than the spirit of God he laughs at me when I do that Romans 8 the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God it doesn't submit to God's law nor can it do so do you submit to God's law And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, listen now, we have an obligation. But it's not to the flesh. We have an obligation to the spirit that indwells each and every one of us. For those, verse 14, who are led by the spirit of God are children of. Hebrews tells us, think of it this way. If you're wondering if you're fit for service. Hebrews chapter 9. The blood of goats and bulls and ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them or did sanctify them in the Jewish law so that they were outwardly clean. Verse 14. How much more then? How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death, so that we may actually serve the living God. You're built to serve. You're created to serve Jesus Christ. You have everything you need. It needs to be practiced with. It needs to be refined. It needs to be sharpened. You've got to get used to using it as though it is a very extension of your own body. But these tools, these tools from the very beginning were given to you to live to live out being the image Don't throw that away. That is the greatest title you will ever have. The image of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are created in your image. And we acknowledge, Father, that we really mess that up sometimes. We acknowledge, Father, that we don't really even fully understand it. But we do know that we can read about, that we can study and we can look at the way Jesus is, the way he acts, the things he thinks about, stuff he does. Father, help us to do that. Help us to be like Jesus, to be like you. We know that we are created for that. Help us to see it. Help us to see it. Help us to do it. Help us to be what you want us to be. It is in his name that we come before your throne, because he said we could. Amen. Please stand and sit. A noticeable time, a noticeable moment, a noticeable conversation, whatever it may be, where you have the chance, if you're looking for it, to serve the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We'll get into the specifics next week and start doing some of that stuff. Don't worry about it. But this week, there's gonna come a moment. It's gonna come a time. Might even be a conversation between you and someone else. A moment where you could serve Christ and his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you. We love you. And we thank you that you can challenge us for an eternal life reward. We ask, Father, that I think it's a a trust issue. Help us to trust you. Help us to trust your word. Help us to trust what you say and what you want. This week, Father, as we're confronted with moments, times, To serve you. In that moment. Help us to trust you. In Jesus name.